You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. Amen. Amen. Great to be with you and great to see you here today. Again, happy Father's Day weekend to all fathers and father types in the room right now too. So, so glad. Just before we get into God's Word, just want to make you aware, two weeks today, we'll be starting a summer series called Summer Stories. And uh, this is starting July 2nd. This will be with our amazing teaching team and carry on. A couple of guest preachers in there too. Excited to have them here with us as well. But we're going to be looking through the parables of Jesus for July and August and really, really excited how that's going to go. Um, so you can anticipate that again starting July 2nd and two weeks today. And uh, again, called Summer Stories. So just to make sure you're aware of that uh, as well. Um, I also wanted to uh, just mention, make you aware of too. Last week, uh, Pastor Chris was up here just mentioning the uh, reality of uh, sabbaticals. I just want to say on behalf of Jill and I, we are uh, immensely uh, thankful for the grace that is involved in being able to do uh, such a thing. We are very, very aware of that. Um, and just want to make sure you know that we know um, how blessed we are. And I think the wisdom that is found within that, I want you to be aware as it, is, as it pertains to me personally. And many years ago, the elders uh, gave me a policy of every five years, there'd be an additional month um, uh, time taken for sabbatical. So that's what uh, the this came from. And so it's 2023, and it's been five years since 2018 from our last time in sabbatical away. It's interesting with all the different things going on in that season. I think 2018 sabbatical was used to honestly mean this, to save my ministry in many ways as well. Sometimes the way it goes, we really believe in the wisdom in this. I'm, I'm a very strong believer when I'm counseling other pastors in such things. It's always hard to kind of counsel yourself in this. To the point in January, in January, um, just for different reasons, things happen in our church, seasons we've been in, transitions, da, 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 da. I just was trying to convince myself in January that maybe this wasn't the year to do that. Uh, I'm very thankful for the time we get as it is. And so I just thought, oh, maybe it's not quite needed. I kid you not. So the same day I was having that conversation with myself and convincing myself why I don't need to take an extended sabbatical, um, that very day, three different conversations, all independent, some within our church, some outside our church, basically confronted me on the reality that um, I must take the sabbatical coming this year. And three different conversations, all men that I really appreciate and respect. And by the end of the third conversation, I'm like, um, I'm sorry, Lord, I give up. You win. I'll do it. So yeah, I kid you not. That's how it worked for me. I'm just so thankful for that, for that reality. And so thank you for that. Um, and that happened in January. And so from then, I just honestly felt that was the Lord's voice. So I just stopped arguing and, uh, and now, again, believing, excited for the renewal that happens. I think here's the principle, loved ones, when it comes to the, you know, the Sabbath extended is you can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. And, um, you know, if your output is extensive and you don't have input, it's just a matter of time, whether it's me or you or, or anyone else in between. Uh, it's just a matter of time before the tank gets dry and then, and, and then you're done. You know, you can drive your car and empty for so long and then eventually you're on the side of the road. So you have to be able to have the living water of Jesus Christ refill. All of us do. And that's a very, very important principle of wisdom. Sometimes we try to convince ourselves, push, 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 push. You might make it for a little bit. In the end, you break down. And so these seasons of renewal and uh, to have the input come back in, to be able to come back and to have uh, the output as well. Just in terms of planning and priorities too, just want to take a couple seconds. Um, you know, for Jill and I and her family, um, number one is rest in the Lord that way and in that to retreat. Uh, significant moments of retreat and quiet and solitude and just, I mean, 
hours in each morning, hours for me each morning of waking up super early and just sitting with the Lord. And uh, I'll get emotional even talking about that, where you just sense the Lord just slowly beginning to uh, pour in the living water that you need so much and to be renewed in that. There'll be forms of recreation. There's a Jewish proverb that says, if you work with your mind, rest with your hands. And if you work with your hands, rest with your mind. Uh, there's some wisdom in that as well, right? So I'm excited to work with my hands, even though I'm pretty useless at those kind of things. But there's different, you know, I can cut the grass, that kind of stuff, right? So anyways, excited about that. And uh, reading. Reading's a big part of this. I'm, I'm currently... Um, uh, just about to engage in some pretty significant uh, further education studies, even pursuing a potential doctorate and whatnot. And so I'm hoping to get a head start on that this summer as well. And there's a lot coming down the pipe for that. And so uh, that's a good opportunity. And then doing some writing, um, just not, nothing major, just some smaller things, but I think important and things that are aligning with some vision, even new role, all that kind of stuff as well. I'm hoping that will lead to a uh, rekindling uh, before the Lord as well. So I wanted to let you know that Jill and I are uh, very aware of the grace. We're very humbled by it. We're very thankful. And uh, we appreciate it so much uh, that is extended to us. Let's get our Bibles open to Proverbs chapter 8 today. Proverbs uh, chapter 8. And let's get our Bibles open with anticipation. I want you to open it with anticipation today. So we just finished James, as you know. You should know last week. James is called the Proverbs of the New Testament. And James is a tremendous call for practical wisdom. And so we had this one week between the end of James and Hope Together, Lord willing, next week. By the way, the weather right now for next week looks a little bit in the middle somewhere. Let's pray about that. Remember the end of James, Elijah prayed and the weather, the rain stopped. Let's do that, all right? Let's all pray together. I'm hoping that'll work out that way. We'll find out more this week. But anyways, we had one week in between end of James and Hope Together. And I thought it'd be such a perfect use of this week to put an exclamation mark on that series of wisdom. The elders agreed, and here we are today in uh, Proverbs chapter 8. And here's what this becomes. It's a huge dose of wisdom on wisdom. Okay, that's what Proverbs 8 is. It's a huge dose of wisdom on the subject of wisdom. It's an amazing chapter. I really hope you'll be encouraged today as I'm so encouraged by this. So really what we're doing now is we're having an encore to our James series. And that, as you can see, is our sermon title here. It's a wisdom encore. Y'all want it so much. Let's get some more wisdom. Amen. Amen. That's good. We're going to do that. And as we come to chapter eight here, it's hard, biblically speaking, to overstate the value of wisdom. It's hard to overstate the value of wisdom. So one of the ways you know you're growing in maturity in Jesus Christ is that you are longing for wisdom. You value wisdom. You treasure wisdom. So let me ask you that right now. How, how, how much have you been thinking about and valuing wisdom? Are you longing for it? One of the great signs that you are growing in maturity in Jesus Christ is you get the importance and the blessing and the fruit and the treasure of wisdom. If you never think about wisdom, if you never think about this subject today, well, this is your chance to let's get with the program. You need to. Because the Bible does over and over and over again, Jesus Christ is the embodiment of wisdom. He is literally the wisdom of God. So we need to think and cherish and love, again, this idea of wisdom. Wow, do we need it in the lives that we live as well. Do you know um, that the book of Proverbs has nine chapters of introduction on wisdom? Nine chapters. 
the real estate God gives just to introducing wisdom, what? To convince us as to the value of wisdom to transform us with the fruit of wisdom. And Proverbs 8 is a big chunk of what's happening uh, there as well. Our context in the a book of Proverbs, especially chapters 1 to 9, is a father pleading with his son for wisdom. My son, I beg you to value wisdom and apply it for your life. So that's a wonderful message today, Father's Day weekend. We'll have lots of application for fathers and beyond when we go today. But it's a wonderful chance for us to do that. And I was just thinking, too, that you know our own Father in heaven today wants to give us some words of wisdom. And he will by his word today. So that's a wonderful thing to think about as well. And I'm hoping that we will give our Father in heaven unusual attentiveness today to his word as he seeks to love us, encourage us, and challenge us of what it means to live a life of wisdom, right? So we're going to walk through the entire chapter of Proverbs 8 today. I pray you'll be encouraged by that. So here is wisdom on wisdom. Wisdom on wisdom. What do we learn first? Number one is this. Listen up. Wisdom is calling. Listen up. Wisdom is calling. Uh, Look at Proverbs 8 verse 1. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud, to you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. So it doesn't take a Bible genius to figure out what's happening here in the first few verses. Here it is, and back by popular demand. Literally, some people have asked me to do this, so I'm going to do it because right here, okay? By back by popular demand, the phone's for you. It's wisdom, all right? Wisdom is calling right now, right here in this text. It is calling, and wisdom really, really wants you to pick up the phone. I said in the past, we do this. Remember, phones used to be, now it's like this. <laughs> Flat thing on our heads. Wisdom is calling and wants us to be able to answer. Wisdom has a word. Wisdom has a message. Wisdom, listen, doesn't want to be ignored today. I I have no control over that, but man, the Holy Spirit does. Wisdom does not want to be ignored. Notice what wisdom does in verses one to three. Notice she raises her voice uh, on the heights. She says beside, on the heights, um, think big picture wisdom. She wants to give a wisdom for the big picture of our life, big time. Uh, at the crossroads, she takes her stand in the big decisions of our lives. Uh, we get to the crossroads. Where should I go? Here? Should I go there? Wisdom's like, listen to me. Listen to me. I'll tell you. Uh, beside the gates in front of the town. So for the elders, the influencers, the big decision makers, she's like, I'm here to direct you. At the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. So the entrance into the city, as people are walking in, wisdom is there, uh, crying out, wanting again people to hear what she has to say. And then notice verse 4. To you, O man, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. Notice here, all are called here. All are called. All are invited to receive wisdom. All our challenge to listen doesn't matter what ethnicity you are or income status or education. None of that matters. What matters is hearing. Hearing wisdom, the wisdom of the Lord. And so right now, right now, wisdom in this text and wisdom in this message right now, wisdom has positioned herself in every row, in every aisle, in every seat. 
Wisdom has positioned herself at the doors as we leave today. Wisdom has positioned herself on top of the church, crying out for people to listen. I really do pray that wisdom today, wisdom will follow you all the way home. I, in a pure sense, I pray wisdom stalks you. I do. Yeah. I pray wisdom hunts you down and won't let you go. I pray wisdom will just be whispering behind you in every step all this week, wherever you are, because she has so much to offer. Woman wisdom has so much to give to us, as we will see today again in our text. Now, what is the objective of wisdom here? Her objective, obviously, is not to harm. It's to help. At the end of the day, wisdom wants to bless so much. So wisdom is calling you because wisdom wants to bless you. Now let's learn specifically how and what this looks like. Look at verse 5 now. Oh, simple ones, learn prudence. Oh, fools, learn sense. Hear her call. Wisdom grants prudence to the simple. Wisdom gives sense to fools. I like how the message, this is a paraphrase, the message paraphrase, paraphrases it like this. Listen, you idiots. <laughs> That's good. Hey, by the way, new family verse for you right now. You can put it up in your kitchen maybe, how to frame it in your house. Listen, you idiots, learn good sense, you blockheads. That's so good, right? And there is a sense we need that. Some of that's coming today. It's going to warn you, okay? And, and you, Bibles, the Bible's leading the way here, all right? It's like, hey, wake up, dummy. Come on now, why, why are you going in that direction again? You idiot, how could you do that? Get back here, get back here, right? Shape up, shape up, stop being so dumb. It's amazing how the Bible does that and does it today. And that's a good word for us sometimes. It's a little bit, you know, shocking, but it's also, I think, really, really needed as well. So we say preach it, wisdom, preach it. Notice in verse 6 and on now, notice what wisdom can boast in. This is pretty amazing. Look at, look at verse 6. Here I will speak noble things. From my lips will come what is right. From my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness, wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. Nothing twisted, nothing crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and all right to those who find knowledge. Wow, like look at what wisdom is dealing out. Everything she says is right, pure, and noble. Everything she says is the opposite of wickedness and unrighteousness. All that she hands out is for our best and good and is true and pure. Hard to find that in social media. Hard to find that in our world. You can't find that in our world. The promises she is making is found again in one person. It's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the very wisdom of God. We're learning here right here, nothing can equate with the wisdom of God. We must believe that everything the Lord says in this metaphor here of woman wisdom, a father pleading with his son, listen, 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 listen. She will always guide you into what is right and true. Always guide you, not ease, but to the favor of God and his fruitfulness again within your life. No wonder then verse 10 comes next. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Wow. Okay, so the value and worth of wisdom. This is a huge wisdom moment right now. Right? Think about that. This is a huge moment of wisdom. Let's go Father's Day. Let's do some application for dads and fathers and fathers types for all of us. But let's go to fathers right now. 
dads, fathers, father types, one of the great temptations of life is that you will equate true value and your identity with the things of the world. You will equate gold and silver, money, whatever it might be, as being the thing that you need most because that's what the world says day and day and day and day and day out. Here's a wisdom moment. The Bible says very clearly hundreds of times that wisdom from God is far infinitely more valuable than anything you can achieve here on this earth in terms of temporal wealth, okay? Here's the the great challenge. Do you believe that? Do you believe as a dad, as a father type upon your life, the most valuable thing you can possess is God's wisdom? Do you believe it is far greater than anything else you can accumulate again within your life? One of the challenges we'll find as we go through this right now is a lot of us will say, yeah, I believe that, but we don't live it. We prove we don't actually believe it by the way we live in the opposite direction. Here's what God's word is saying to us so clearly today. The wisdom of God will bring you and me infinitely more blessing and value than anything we can gain from ourselves here on earth. It's right there. She's crying out for us to believe, to understand, and to apply with our lives. It's a massive wisdom moment. Will I change my direction of my life and live in the desires based on what I just read right now? Because God said it and his wisdom is of eternal value found in the person of Jesus Christ. So listen up, wisdom is calling. Listen up, wisdom is calling. Number two, wake up, wake up. Wisdom loves those who love her. Wisdom loves those who love her. So look at verse 12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the way of evil, and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign, and rulers decree what is just. By me, wisdom says, princes rule, and nobles, all who govern justly. Look at verse 17, underline, circle, whatever it is. I love those who love me. There it is. Wisdom says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently, wisdom, find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold. My yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice. Look at this. Granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. Wisdom, amazing, wisdom blesses, wisdom loves, wisdom dwells with those, loves those who love her. Again, in the context of this metaphor, wisdom will be found by those who seek her diligently. That's a game-changing principle right there. That's a life-changing principle. Wisdom loves those who love her. Do you love wisdom? Are you consistently seeking the value and blessing of wisdom found in Jesus Christ. Let's, let's look specifically at verse 18, one of the, the fruits. She says, riches, honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness, right? So wisdom promises to bless those who love her with riches, honor, wealth, and righteousness. I think when we go 
Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New Covenant, we apply it all together here, Scripture interpreting Scripture, I think one of the bottom lines here is when God is your financial advisor, your relational counselor, your property manager, your personal purity trainer, and your decision maker, I like your chances. I like your chances. Like when God is your advisor through all of life, then I just, I just really, really have high expectations of where he's going to take you. Not easy, but blessed. Notice with me is enduring wealth, verse 18 says. Not temporal, enduring wealth and righteousness, which is only found in Jesus Christ. We don't have righteousness in ourselves. Our righteousness is coming from Jesus Christ. He is righteousness. If you go New Testament, New Covenant, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1 tells us that all heavenly riches are found in the grace of Jesus Christ. So the wise person knows, I would infinitely rather have the grace and riches of Christ spiritually than the temporal, earthly riches of this world. The riches of this world moth and rust destroy. The riches of the grace of Jesus Christ last forever. And so this is what wisdom brings. Eternal riches ultimately again in the person of Jesus Christ alone. He is the one who grants us wisdom through his gospel. So wisdom, wisdom understands I love wisdom. Wisdom is to be sought. Remember uh, Proverbs 4 verse 7, one of my favorite verses in Proverbs and should be one of yours too. The beginning of wisdom is this. Let's say it together. Get wisdom. Love that. I love that. Are you wise? You know you need more wisdom. Are you a fool? That means that you don't think you need wisdom. The very beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, yes, but to get wisdom, whatever you get, whatever you get, get insight. Man, I love this verse. I love the clarity. Again, are we seeking wisdom? We're wise if we're thinking about wisdom a lot. The beginning of wisdom for the person is to know they need wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Man, we need wisdom. Lord, we need wisdom. So let's be super clear right now, right? So when... When the Bible, when God, his Holy Spirit, in, in his word, the Bible, says, if you do this, you will be blessed. And if you do this, you will be messed. You will be cursed. You will, it will go bad. Like When God says, do this, and you'll be blessed. And we're like, okay, I see that. And then you're like, but I don't want to do that. And so then I'm going to go this way. I'm going to sin. And God promises me that I will hurt myself and injure people around me and bring misery upon my life. When God says, do this and be blessed, do this and be cursed, and I choose the path of being cursed, what does that make me? Well, that makes me really dumb. God says, go here, be blessed. Go here, be cursed. And I choose the path of cursing. That makes me dumb. That makes me an idiot. I think, I, I think that's fair. I mean, this is, this, is, this is what's happening. again. So let's specifically apply some of this right now. Again, some Father's Day application. Remember, as I go through this, I'm a father too. Okay, so why don't you remember that? Dad too. And uh, when, a, when a married man then begins to flirt with another woman and pursue an encounter with her, okay, that makes him an idiot. Okay, that'll never ever be blessed. God, 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 God promises that will never go well, that will never be blessed, that will never win, that will never succeed. Just, it's just a matter of time. It just that it will not go well. Bless faithfulness to your wife, you will be cursed as you go and unfaithful. How about when a married couple, they will only blame the other person. They will take zero responsibility for any of their actions. All they do is blame everyone else, just like Adam and Eve did before the Lord when they first sinned. What does that make them? Makes them fools. 
make some fools. It's always someone else's fault. Never take any responsibility in my life. I'm just going to keep blaming everyone else. And so I can try to ignore the fact that my biggest problem in my life is me. It makes us fools. When a man builds his life on an identity on earthly wealth and status. We've talked about this a little bit. If a man, according to scripture, builds his identity in life on earthly status and wealth, that makes that man an idiot. Why? Hundreds and hundreds of verses. God literally calls the guy in Luke's parable, you fool, you built bigger barns. Today your soul is required of you, and whose will they be? Fool, fool, fool. Right? Again, it's like God says, you go here, Jesus Christ, you're blessed. You go somewhere else and you're building this life for you. He's just like, foolishness. It's foolishness. I think we have to just admit these things. When we allow children's sports and hobbies to continue to take precedent and priority over the Lord and his church, it makes us fools. We are putting temporal hobbies over the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. When my prayer life is non-existent and my time in God's word is nil, I'll be a little more nice at this time. It makes us not smart, right? Um, like if I, if, if I said to you, uh, you know, okay, John 15, 5, right? This, this is what happens to you, and I, I, I just think it's important to point out with such clarity. John 15, 5, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me, right, this is where fruits come, but apart from me, he says, you can do nothing, okay? So I come up to you and come up to me, whatever it is. I say, hey, John 15, 5, Jesus Christ says, apart from him, you can do nothing. Do you agree with that? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. Apart from Jesus Christ, um, I can do nothing. Are you spending time with him? And you're like, mm, not really. I go, hmm. Hmm. So Jesus says, you agree over here that apart from Jesus Christ, you can do nothing. Are you spending any time with him then? And you're like, not really. I, I don't understand that. You admit you can do nothing without him, but then there's no time with him. There's a, there's, there's, there's a gap between what we say we believe and what we actually live. But what we actually live proves what we actually believe. So I'm saying the person that says, if you agree that without Christ you can do nothing, but you spend no time with him, then that makes you not really smart. Um, Foolish. Because there's this gap of what we say is true, and yet with what we live. Now, some of that might be hard to hear. Some of you might be mad at me right now. That's not the first time, that's for sure. So I'm just trying to do this today and trying to be as clear as I can because what will it take for us to wake up to the reality? Like, what will it take to wake up to the reality that wisdom loves those who love her? What's it going to take? And by the way, like women right now, I, I, don't you dare pile on, okay? Like, if you've given elbows right now to your husband in the seats already, okay, you can gently, quietly right now say, I'm, I'm sorry, forgive me, I should never have done that. No, you shouldn't have, that's right, okay? I get to be a bit of the law today. I'm setting you up to be grace, okay? I'm speaking the truth right now, all right? And you sit there and say, you leave church, say, man, that Pastor Robbie, he's so harsh at times, can be so mean. I know, I'm letting you be the kind one, okay? You be grace now. You get to go and you give grace and understanding. If we switch the situations and put them in reverse, you'd be looking for grace too, and we could be just as hard again on the women of the church as well. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to do you a favor today, okay? I'm in the role of law, saying some truth. I want you to be grace, man, the power of, of the grace, complementing, again, some of the clarity of the truth that comes as well to love and to forgive and to pray for as opposed to condemn. So may that happen today as well. So wrapping up this, this, this point here, when you love wisdom, she's like, man, I promise to bless you. If you look at verses uh, 
Well, let's just go through one at a time. Wisdom promises, when you love her, wisdom promises to give you her honor, verse 18. Wisdom promises to give you her fruit, verse 19. Wisdom promises to lead you along her paths, verse 20. Wisdom promises to give you her inheritance, verse 21. That's serious incentive right there. There's serious incentive to love wisdom. You love Jesus Christ. You love the wisdom of God. So, listen up. Wisdom is calling. Wake up. Wisdom loves those who love her. Point number three, smarten up. Wisdom has seen it all. Smarten up. Wisdom has seen it all. So, fascinating turn in Scripture here in verse 22. In verse 22, wisdom now begins to explain her role in creation itself. Amazing. Maybe some of you have never seen this passage of Scripture before. There's some mystery in it, but it's also super, super encouraging. Uh, Check out verse 22, okay? Follow along with me here. Verse 22. The Lord possessed me, wisdom, at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first, wisdom speaking, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world, when he established the heaven, I, wisdom, was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so the water might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him, wisdom says. Like a master workman, I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always. Verse 31, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. Again, what a passage of scripture here. So these, as I said, these verses are not without some mystery, but four things I want to point out to you about wisdom as it relates to the creation of the world itself. On the screen for you, notice this. First of all, wisdom was God's initial act of creation. We see that in verses 22 and 23, right? It says right there, he says, the Lord possessed me. The, um, in my Bible, possess has a footnote. Maybe it does in yours as well. And the footnote is fathered. The Lord fathered me at the beginning of his work. Uh, I was set up at first before the beginning. Amazing wisdoms relating how created by God in this initial act of creation as it began. Secondly, notice wisdom was present at creation, right? In verses 27 to 29, again, when he established the heavens, I was there. Verse 30, then I was beside him, the text says, and also says it in one other place as well. Wisdom present at creation. Thirdly, wisdom participated in the project of creation. Again, verse 30. Then I was beside him, this phrase, like a master workman or craftsman. Uh, That word in the Hebrew is pretty tricky. Workman or craftsman. It most likely means the closeness of wisdom to the creator in the act of creation. Uh, Wisdom and and, and in the Lord, again, wisdom's there. The lighting and all that is happening. And fourthly, wisdom rejoiced and delighted in creation. Verse 30, 
and 31. Rejoicing before him always, daily his delight, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. So it's kind of like in the Hebrew here, it's this idea of a, of, a, of a child rejoicing in something the child sees as creative. Wisdom is there, uh, gleefully joyful at the act of creation as she sees this unfold at the working of the Trinitarian Godhead again before her. Just, just amazing stuff here in, in God's word. So how do we apply this now? How do we kind of make sense of this for our lives? Why is this super encouraging for us? Well, I think it's this. If, if, if you want to know how the world operates and you want to figure this life out and you need help with that, wisdom is your person. Wisdom is your person because wisdom has got it figured out. Wisdom has been there from the beginning. That's what she says right here. I was there. God's initial act of creation. I saw it all. I know how it all works. I can help you. That's a pretty cool resume. Resume, work experience, participated in the creation of the world. Not bad. What's your resume like? You're like, well, my resume is pretty good too, Robbie. I have three degrees and from pretty established institutions. That's very good. I'm proud of you. That is awesome. You do not have a degree in the creation of the world, all right? You don't. But wisdom does. And wisdom was there. And wisdom, again, again, in the person of Jesus Christ, wisdom wants to bless and lead and, and allow the fruit of God's wisdom to flood and fill our lives. Wisdom is our go-to. Now, while we're here right now, too, and we're keeping our kind of biblical theological hats on, I pray, one of the great questions that arises from Proverbs 8 is, and I waited to get here, who exactly is woman wisdom? It's this, this metaphorical language here of, of, of wisdom being presented in the form of a woman. Well, remember in Proverbs, the genre is speaking in poetry and metaphor. Right? That's the important thing to remember. Our context is a father pleading with a son here as well, and here we have the imagery of woman wisdom, but there's more to this. There's a connection with wisdom and with Jesus as well. There's a connection. Jesus is described all over the New Testament as being filled with wisdom, speaking wisdom, and teaching wisdom. But more than that, in Colossians, or sorry, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, on the screen for you, Listen, Jesus is described as wisdom from God himself. Jesus became to us wisdom. So Jesus is wisdom of God in the flesh. More Jesus automatically means more wisdom. Colossians 2, Paul says, In Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. More Christ, more wisdom. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the wisdom of God. What Jesus also does in Matthew 11, Jesus again makes this statement that wisdom, notice, is justified by her deeds. So notice what Jesus is doing almost for sure. He's making an association or reference to woman wisdom in Proverbs as we're going through here today. So here's what we must listen to carefully, okay? Woman wisdom in Proverbs 8 listen, is a personification of God's wisdom. It's a personification of God's wisdom. Jesus in the New Testament is the embodiment of God's wisdom. 
So woman wisdom, metaphorical language, personification of wisdom, Jesus is the embodiment, the wisdom of God in the flesh. Proper biblical treatment does not force Proverbs 8 upon Christ. They can complement and, and bless one another in our teaching. So all that to say this, Proverbs 8 is not a prophecy of Jesus. Make that very clear. Proverbs 8 is not a prophecy of Jesus because that's where false teaching begins. False teachers will say, yes, Proverbs 8 is a prophecy of Jesus and therefore wisdom in, in chapter 8 was created by God. False teachers like Arius in the early centuries say Jesus was therefore created and he was not actually God himself and fully qualified. That's apostate heretical teaching. That's why we don't do that. Proverbs 8 is poetry and metaphor regarding the wisdom of God. That's the intent and purpose of Proverbs chapter 8. So it's entirely wrong to press the language into something it isn't. However, what we are able to do with Proverbs 8 and, again, much of the New Testament teaching on wisdom in Jesus, we can appreciate that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment or the very wisdom of God himself. So we love that as there's a parallel and they complement one another in our desire for wisdom. So really it comes down to this too. Maybe you're here today, maybe you're visiting, maybe you're here for the first time, maybe you know, new to the Christian faith. Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. So when you have the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the good news that Jesus Christ died for my sin and your sin by shedding his blood on the cross for us, defeating death. When you believe in Jesus Christ, turn from sin and believe in him and receive grace again through faith and eternal life, then you just receive Jesus Christ into your life forever. You just receive the wisdom of God. See, that's why the gospel of Jesus Christ is the greatest point of wisdom you could ever have in this life. You can have an individual, you can add up all the degrees of the world together, millions and millions and millions of degrees, put them all together without Jesus Christ. They lack the wisdom that gives them eternal life. Right? So the supreme intellect of all humanity ever by themselves adds up to nothing. You take the simplest person with no education who's never been taught anything and whatever in the world, they have a knowledge, a personal knowledge of Jesus Christ. They have inherited the greatest wisdom that, that humanity has ever known. That's how the gospel works. When you know Jesus Christ, then you have the wisdom of eternal life. You have defeated death because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. You will never die. You become adopted into the family of God. You are his forever. You see the truth. You believe in the truth. You accept Jesus Christ. Again, eternal life is yours. That makes you possess the greatest wisdom of eternity. The wisdom that is only found in the person in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ the Lord. You have Jesus, you are wise. You are wise. And that's where it all begins. Who's that for today? That's where it all begins. And that's the wisdom where life, again, begins. This is why when, uh, when Paul says this a lot in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he says, God has made foolish the wisdom of the world. Because true wisdom is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our world says the wisdom of the gospel is foolishness. But God counteracted that and said, no, 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 no. The wisdom of this world, again, all the arrogance and all the pride of humanity, in the end, that is going to be utter foolishness. And the wisdom of Jesus Christ is what truly lasts. This is why wisdom becomes everything. 
And so, listen, listen, one of the greatest ways to have more wisdom is to have more Jesus. More Jesus automatically means more wisdom. We need more of Christ. More of Christ, more wisdom of God. They are completely, again, integrated, and they go together. So listen up. Wisdom is calling. Wake up. Wisdom loves those who love her. Smarten up. Wisdom has seen it all. Number four is this. Giddy up. Find wisdom and find favor. Sorry, I could not resist. I could not resist, all right? I think it works well with our text too, okay? Got to giddy up here. Find wisdom and find favor. Look at how our text ends, man. I love God's word. It's just so, so neat. I hope some of you have never been through this before. You're massively encouraged. Uh, Verse 32. And now, O sons, here's wisdom again. Listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not neglect it. I love wisdom saying, she's just like, She's calling out, right? She's like, no, 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 don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep right now. Wake up, listen to me. I want to bless you. Listen to me, listen to me. Listen to me, oh sleepy one. Hear the power of wisdom. I want to bless your life. Verse 34, blesses the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Look at how the chapter ends though. But he who fails to find me injures himself. And all who hate me, wisdom says, loves death. Wow. Just let that sink in for a second. There's a lot of wisdom in those verses. So wisdom's like, listen to me. I want to bless you. And, And really hear God's voice today, church. Hear God saying that to all of us. God's like, I want to bless you. I want to bless you so much. Won't you listen to what I have to say and follow my wisdom for your life? I promise you, blessing, God says through his word, through woman wisdom today. God is right and true. His ways work. Wisdom says, hear me, hear me. I want to educate you. Don't neglect my teaching. Don't be bored with this truth today. Put your phone down for a second and listen to what I have to say. I so much, wisdom says, want to educate you on the wisdom of life. Verse 34, wisdom's like, have I mentioned I want to bless you? I want to bless you. Again, there's so much for us here in our our blessing. Watch at my gates, she says. Watch at my door. Wherever you are. I think the, the phrase that's so powerful in verse 34 is watching daily. Watching daily is when you know you're wise. Every day, it's like yesterday is doesn't, it's not good enough for today. Like today, wake up and look for wisdom. Today, search for wisdom. Watch daily, wisdom says. Every day, be ready, searching, diligently seeking wisdom for your life. We've got to do that. Each morning, waking up and seeking God, open Bible and prayer and going through life and, and pray, 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 seeking God for truth in the midst of all the confusion we live within. Watching daily, at the gates and doors of wisdom. Man, that's, that's the wise man or woman. There's a longing. There's an expectancy. There's an excitement for how wisdom's going to bless. I remember I was dating my wife, Jill, and she was away with her family for a week or so, and I remember she was returning home, and she was going to come over to my parents' house, and I specifically remember when I was at home, I was excited. And I remember kind of pacing around to see if she's coming down the road yet and to see if she's eagerly going to show up, whatever. And your heart's kind of, you know, fluttering with that excitement and desire. And, and then she arrives and, bam, you're just so anticipating the joy of meeting again with the, you know, soon-to-be wife of your youth. Very, really 
exciting days. Remember the whole context of Proverbs here too, like there's so much of what's being said here. The father's like, son, son, the way you desire a wife, desire wisdom. Because the one blesses the other. You see, when you desire, and a lot of, again, young men here right now, like the, the, the emotion, the excitement, the desire for God to bless you with a wife in this way. And then, and then the father's like, yeah, in that way, love wisdom even more so. That's the kind of daily anticipation that the Bible's trying to teach us. And again, the one blesses the other. You know, Jill and I have an anniversary coming up this week, and I just think of like, man, the more you are filled with wisdom, sometimes I'm just like, I'm just amazed. Just God, God promises to bless, promises to bless. And the love for God and wisdom, and then he comes and he's like, you love me, I love you. Wisdom, wisdom says that, right? You love me, I love you. And I love you, wisdom, and wisdom comes in, and then all of a sudden, blessing that comes from your life in ways you're like, what is happening? This is incredible. And that's what the Lord does in his grace. And this is what he's promising to us today. Again, it's, 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 it's wisdom on wisdom. But then notice verse 35 now. We end with this, obviously. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself, and all who hate me love death. Okay, so, so this is how this chapter ends. Here's your choice. Find wisdom, find life in the Lord, and find favor of God. That's, that's your choice number A, one, choice number one. And then your other choice number two is, or reject wisdom, uh, pursue foolishness, injure yourself, and love death. Hmm, which should I choose? Hmm, hmm. Favor of God in life and blessing and wisdom, or injuring myself and loving myself in sin and then loving death. Man, tough choice, isn't it? But, but you know what's amazing? is how, how often this, this really is a tough choice for us because we're very dumb and we get deceived. Okay, there's, there's situations right now. Maybe it's watching in Orangeville. Maybe it's in Overflow. Maybe it's in here. There are several situations where we have rejected the wisdom of God. We have pursued our love of sin. We have injured ourselves greatly. We have impacted and, and, and devastated our marriage. We have hurt loved ones around us in the pursuit of sin and our own foolishness. We have caused great injury and we're on the path to loving death. That's true. And some of you right now, listen to what I said, you know it's true. This is your moment. Turn from sin. Turn from self. Turn from the seduction of the world. Turn to Jesus Christ. Run to him. Be forgiven by him. Receive his grace. Pursue wisdom. And then watch things begin to turn around and the favor of God starts to flood your life. Not my words, God's words here today. This is what he wants to do. So just by way of practical summary and some application, how do I pursue wisdom? Thinking, taking chapter 8, accept wisdom. It's God's gold, and it's infinitely more valuable than the gold of the world. Accept wisdom. It's the gold of God. We need it desperately. Ask for wisdom. It's God's promise. We think of uh, James chapter 1, where this whole series in James began. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives generously without, without reproach. 
ask for wisdom, access wisdom. It's God's word today. I mean, today is just, just entire thing is about the wisdom of God. It's pretty awesome. Access it. Embrace it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Apply wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That This is God's plan for our lives. Let's not be dumb. Lord, help us not to be dumb. And associate with wisdom, God's people. One of the greatest ways we turn towards foolishness is the people we hang out with. Our closest friends almost always determine the direction of our lives. If we're hanging out with great affection and most of our time with people that are pro-sin and anti-Christ, I mean, don't be surprised when you injure yourself and love death. Wake up! Like, wake up! Reach those who don't know Christ. Love them. Seek to share Christ with them. But if you become like them, you're an idiot. Italian man, I, I love when wisdom's on the table and it's so clear. It's so clear today. It's so clear. Make your choice, man. Make your choice. That's what the Holy Spirit's saying. What are you gonna do? Make your choice right now. Man, and I, I just, I, I beg, I beg in humility and in God's wisdom, we choose Christ. Please, Lord, please, please. We're hearers of the word and now allow us to become doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, help us, help us, I pray. It's so simple and yet so needed. So clear, and yet we all know the deception we face each day. It's Father's Day, Lord, so I want to pray a special blessing on our fathers. I pray in Jesus' name that there is a tremendous reception of wisdom today on behalf of the men of this church, father types in this church. A tremendous longing to trash the foolishness of the world and a tremendous desire to say, Lord, you know, you are right, and I want to pursue the favor of God. Please, Holy Spirit, would you convince us in wisdom that Jesus Christ is Lord and life and blessing and favor and love and strength and hope and victory and living water and the very reason for our existence. This Father's Day, I pray in a new way, we're putting once again, or maybe for the first time, all our eggs in the basket of Jesus Christ. For there, we cannot lose. Plans, my ambitions, my hopes, my dreams, Jesus. May it be so. We pray in Jesus' name.